0: Ladies and
1: gentlemen, it is now
2: time. Oh no! Oh yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah!
0: Top rope nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing
1: going. Get Woo! Well,
2: boys got some things to talk about wwe extreme rules 2021 in the books top rope nation episode 224 i believe here to talk about it we are streaming live right now on youtube.com facebook twitter twitch if you're joining us uh, let us know in the chat what you thought of extreme rules tonight give us a grade a through f what you liked what you didn't like we're going to grade the show and then talk about the highlights and the low lights and Justin and Kyle, I got to say, as we go on the air right now, I have kind of a a similar feeling to when we did the AEW Revolution post-show back in, I guess that was March, you know, where the ending was messed up with with the death match and everything. We were like, it was, it was a really good show until that point. We were so disappointed. But, you know, in that circumstance, it was AEW having something cool planned and it just didn't go off. As they wanted it to, you know, the explosions didn't work out right, whatever here with this finish with Roman Reigns and Finn Balor and the, the broken rope heard around the world. That's what they actually had planned. So, I mean, how are we feeling right now, Kyle Ross?
1: Look, no matter what anybody wants to tell you, pay-per-views are always defined by one or two things. All of them. are Okay. And people are going to try to sell me that this pay-per-view was filled with good wrestling. I thought it was pretty nondescript, quite frankly. At the end of the day, man, the two things that stick out in my mind are this trash ending to a main event <laughs> and Alexa Bliss crying over a doll.
2: <laughs> that was bad.
1: It was real I mean, bad. I mean, I just don't understand how people can for lack of a better phrase, look the other way on some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just going to be mean. I know that, you know, look, it's a hobby. We all love wrestling. It's just unacceptable to put things like that on television.
0: Yeah, You kind of took the words right out of my mouth. i was expecting uh, Ryan to uh, ask us for grades. And I was going to, you know, I was going to say, hey, B minus. There wasn't really a bad match on the card. And it only made me embarrassed to be a fan of professional wrestling twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, it is very similar what we always say in these WWE shows where it's like not a lot of hype, wasn't really excited to watch it, delivered in the ring, several, you know, pretty good matches overall. There were some definitely some highlights as we're gonna get to, but that stuff really sticks out like a sore thumb at the end of the day. It, I mean, th- yeah. Those
1: matches aren't good enough to overcome the two things I talked they're just not like, you know, people are going to say I'm a hater, or, I'm being anti WWE. They're not so great that you're going to go out of your way to watch it again or mm. that it's particularly memorable.
2: Yeah, you know, there, I mean, there's I, nothing on this show that I would watch again, for sure.
1: I mean, there's some things that I wish I'd never seen.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, that outweighs it, you know, at the end.
2: Yeah. Let's do our grades right off the bat here, then, Justin. Joint, what are are you going with a B minus?
0: Um, actually, Kyle just talked me into a C plus. Oh, Kyle, where are you at?
1: Uh, I was gonna go C plus before the ending. Uh, I'll drop it to a C minus.
2: Okay, I think I'm.
1: Honestly, I could I could even go to like a D plus.
2: Ooh, wow. I don't know if I go that far. I I was kind of in that C plus to B minus range too with with Justin. Um, I'll give it a I'll give it a B minus, I guess. I'll be the nice one, but it, it's right there for me. C plus, B minus. We've got Evan checking in in the chat. Uh Evan gives it uh, B minus. He said it would have been a B plus if it wasn't for the dumb ending. Yeah, I mean that finish. We were talking about this um in in the in the facebook group the top Rope Nation facebook group and Justin he had chimed in about any chance of a title change because we you know we hadn't had any title changes and they really lame ducked this show by announcing the brock roman match for crown jewel because then all of a sudden even despite him doing you know the demon and everything you, you go in thinking finn has no chance and i put in there well Maybe they they surprise everyone, do the title ch- title change, and then you know Brock is pissed because he doesn't get the title shot, and they do that down the line instead of at the uh, the Blood Money show. But no, <laughs> earlier no. in the thread I said I got some bad news, Justin. Yeah. And no, we well, didn't, did I didn't.
0: I didn't even know what you were referring to. I didn't realize they announced that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Tim, really? Because agree.
1: that was the biggest part of the video package. I thought hyping the the bet ba- the. Main theme of the Finn Balor Roman Reigns video package was that Roman Reigns will be wrestling Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. That was my takeaway.
0: Must have had my nose in my phone at that point. Yes.
2: Yeah. But they had, I mean, they had a good match. We'll get to, you know, some of the highlights there and stuff until the finish. But like, if it's you so didn't necessary. It, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't see it, what happens is, you know, Finn fights <laughs> back. He's on the outside. He's laying down and all the, all of a sudden, like, his theme song comes on again with like the beats and like the lights turn red and the, and they're beating along with it. And then his theme was like intermittently playing. And then you think he's got the match one. And the well, theme is now playing, you know, constantly as he goes up to the top rope and he's going to hit the, the coup de gras. And then the top rope snaps. And right as the top rope snaps, the theme song shuts off and the lights come on. So apparently the top rope was connected to the audio system and the
0: lighting system or whatever. It, And don't forget when, when the heartbeat started, he started convulsing on the floor like a fucking nerd. It's like a fish out there flopping around.
1: It was like someone doing a bad impression of someone ODing. Not to be like dark, (laughs) but like, that's what I thought. It was like, it was like, pretend you've done too many drugs, Finn.
2: (laughs) I will say, like when they started doing that, like because it was such an over-the-top production, I was think I was thinking maybe, maybe they're gonna do it. Is this actually? You guys gonna happen?
1: Are crazy, man.
2: <laughs> I mean, I just thought like maybe they want to. I, I again, I put in the Facebook group. I got some bad news. Justin, he's not winning. But when that happened, part of me wanted to believe they were gonna do something exciting, you know. And no, in fact, instead, that was an insulting finish. It was as as Steven said here on Facebook. It was. It was a very bad finish. It gave and, it just the whole show just a lackluster feeling coming out of it, I thought.
1: And here's the other thing. Uh you know, that's all going on. I couldn't see what was going on. There was so much smoke. He went up to yeah, the garage, yeah. And like you couldn't yep. see what I was like, and the fans were kind of like, uh like mm-hmm. I want to kind of see if this is going to be the finish. So I thought that put a damper even before the rope broke.
2: Yeah. Um I put the the poll up on as I always do over on our our Twitter page grade the show and uh we've got 128 votes right now 12% gave it an A 34% a B 28% a C 26% a D or F so very split um definitely not an A show the the people in the poll tend to agree there but yeah B and C kind of kind of running away with it so it uh not not a great way to end the show but again like there were highlights throughout there was fun stuff i mean overall I can't say I regretted watching the show. It had some fun stuff, but yeah, the Alexa Bliss thing after the match was very bad. We'll talk about that, and uh, yeah, the finish not like, so
0: great. Who who are they protecting with that finish? Like, it would anybody have cared if like Reigns just hit like five spears and won that way? But instead, I guess that was have... their way
2: to protect the demon. I don't know. I can't explain it.
0: But that yeah, just made Evans, him look like a fool too. I mean, he still yeah. basically he fell off the top turnbuckle and then just got speared once, and that was it.
2: Nothing. That's even nothing more stops a resurrection in its tracks like a broken top rope. Justin Joint <laughs> <laughs> Evans. I don't know what's worse tonight the end tonight's ending or the Hell in a Cell finish back in 2019 between Seth and the Fiend. That's funny because I thought of that too because Seth had given that was it an interview recently where he talked about how he hated that finish too. He hated that match mm-hmm. so funny that they do this right By, now. And
1: apparently Wyndham rotunda um not apparently he did in fact tweet wait till i talk about it yeah is what he's tweeted. i retweeted that from our account today they're both seth, terrible finishes was,
2: was was that seth quote from broken skull
1: yeah yeah it's on right now where he oh, wanted I'm to sure it was on demand his, earlier today he said they he had to be
0: strangled. held back <laughs>
2: We reviewed that show. Kyle and I went off on Hell in the Cell 2019. That was a Patreon show. Check it out, link in the description. But uh, that show was not great. That was not a great pay per view either. So, hey guys, if you're tuning in for the first time, if you're joining us live here on the video stream on YouTube or even on demand, please hit subscribe. It helps us out. Give this video a thumbs up. If you're listening after the fact on any of the podcasting platforms, it would help us out so much if you would subscribe, leave us a five star rating. Leave us a written review. Every single written review uh, over on Apple especially helps the show reach new listeners. In fact, we got a new review this week. And every time we get a new review, I read them on the air and I send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. So all you got to do, leave us a five-star written review on Apple. Leave me your Twitter or Instagram handle and I will get that out to you in the mail this week. Uh, This week's written review, five stars, says, quote... These guys are knowledgeable and easy to listen listen to. They love talking wrestling, and you can tell that they're having fun when they do a show. I have worked with Ryan on my show, and we'll have him on again as well as Justin and Kyle at some point. The show is in my rotation, and I highly recommend you get it in yours. Thank you to friend of the show, Frank Pediani, Pro Wrestling Torch, for that review. Appreciate that.
1: Say what, Frank? What was the, you talk about? Bad endings? How about the New York Football Giants? They're really struggling right now, aren't they? Hey,
2: hey, man, we are not talking football today. Ruin <laughs> the vibe of this show. I'm not but talking we'll, about both one American America.
0: and English. American <laughs> yes, and that English.
2: too. The Spurs was not good either. All right, so my
1: picks suck too. If you guys want to feel better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so from the top, the on the kickoff show. First of all, they announced <laughs> that there was going to. be
1: And this is the other thing people are going to remember from this show. But keep selling me on these three-star classics, Twitter.com. You (laughs) fucking nerds.
2: They (laughs) announced on the pre-show we were going to be getting a uh, six-man tonight. So, you know, the WWE champion, Big E, he had not been announced for a match on this show until today. And then they announced the New Day would unite, have a six-man with AJ Styles, Omos, and Lashley. So that ends up kicking off the pay-per-view proper we'll get to that on the kickoff show live morgan defeated carmela i saw the finish of this match seemed like the crowd was really into live winning but i i did not see the full match so i don't have any really in-depth comments on this i don't know if you guys did
1: yeah let's we, let's not bury the lead and this is what i thought you were going to go into it, the English and Spanish audio was all mixed well, up. Oh, that too, yeah. And, and so that's the other, the third thing people are going to remember yep. from this show is the audio faux pas on the cock. Man, poor, poor Liv Morgan. Uh, you know, she was doing some media this week and, like, really selling this idea. Hey, she finally, after all this time on the main roster, she's getting this, you know, pay-per-view match. I think it's, like, mm-hmm. her second singles pay-per-view match. And, you know, it was going to be this big win for a career. And then day of it gets moved to the pre-show. And all people are going to talk, remember, is the freaking audio issues.
2: So on the pre-show, they were mixing the English and the Spanish commentary over one another. Justin Joint, usually your superpowers, you can ignore commentary, but even you were noticing it. You were about to, tu- you were yeah. about to tune out at
0: this point. Yeah. I w- I, would. You know, at first I was just like, this is really bad. And I was like, oh, well, if it keeps up, then that gives me a reason not to watch the rest of this. <laughs>
1: yeah go ahead what what's worse that with the commentary or the multiple times during this show commercials played during ring entrances in one of them being roman reigns entrance Hmm. because that was other just sad cock blunder
2: (laughs) (laughs) if i'm going to put over the cock at all here it's that they finally added the pause rewind function to uh and fast forward to the live feed so it was nice when i was putting my kids to bed to finally have that i so nice this show (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm talking about the cock right now i'm not talking about wwe
0: creative i can help shit on that too i had to pause it to help put my kid down i go put my kid down i come back and it had been just long enough to where it was back on the main screen So I had to just start the show live again and rewind to where I had paused it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So fuck your pause button, Peacock.
2: (laughs) 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 The pause button did not come through after all. Sorry about that. Um, But yeah, no. So then, so Liv wins here. They go to the main show. And then when the main show started... They had another problem. This time it was the French commentary <laughs> mixed with the English commentary. So they still didn't have it fixed. Um, we get this six-man tag. Like I said, New Day against AJ, Omas, and Lashley. And I don't know. We had a little debate about this in the Facebook group. To me, when you're the WWE champion, I don't want to see the WWE champion in a throwaway six-man match that's announced the day of the show. I'd like to see him doing something a little more important. Is it fun to see the New Day together? Especially since they already broke them up once. Yes. And by the way, they sold during the match that, hey, the draft is coming. They might be separated. This might be the last time you see the New Day. Guess what? That already happened. (laughs) We we already had them broken up in a draft before, but they they put that over again. They're saying it was going to be the end of an era. Whatever. Uh, The match itself was fine. But, you know, like, again, to me, I didn't like it because it's not something important for your world champion. If you do too much of this stuff, he just seems like another guy. I don't don't know. How did you guys feel about them announcing this, this match today? Uh, go to Kyle.
1: I guess it's sort of becoming old hat. Is it not? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel almost every one of these monthly pay-per-views are just adding something at the last minute. Like, oh, as you heard on the pre-show, this is now, this match is now taking place. So, um, The crowd, the live crowd in Columbus seemed, you know, fairly excited just to see the new day. I mean, I guess that's WWE audiences now. Uh, I get your point, Ryan, and the old school fan in me really gravitates towards that. I think, you know, I get the need to have Raw's main event scene on this show, right? Because Mm -hmm. before they added this, this was basically like a SmackDown pay-per-view with Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Almost. Mm -hmm. And, but... It was weird that they had Lashley, or pardon me, Big E pinned Lashley for the fall, and they're going to do a title match on to lead off Raw on Monday. Because in my notes before the match was announced, I wrote, Big E pinned Lashley. No one-on-one pay-per-view rematch coming? Crazy how dominant they booked Lashley to be. Now he's done like three jobs in three weeks. Well, joke was on me. I guess I misread that because they're they're just wrestling anyway, even though Big E pinned him clean.
2: Yeah. I mean, the way they, they were trying to protect him, I guess, you know, they, they sold throughout the match that Lashley wouldn't be used to teaming with these guys. There might be some miscommunication. That, sure enough, factors into the finish. So Lashley accidentally uh, speared AJ Styles after a blind tag. And then after that, Big E hits him with the big ending. And then Lashley's pissed later in the show. And he demands a, he wants the rematch tomorrow night on Raw for the WWE title. They confirm that. So that's happening. And to me, I know it was only, what, two weeks ago that Big E won the title. And it would have been a short bill, but it would have been a way to get a bigger match on a pay-per-view show that felt like such a stopgap show where they could have, and I know they brought Roman in to try to pop a ring and everything, but they could have done this six-man match on Raw to set up a pay-per-view match between you know, Lashley and Biggie tonight. They could have just done it in reverse order, uh, and you know they wouldn't have Roman on the show to to do the the better rating that they were looking for to, to top Dynamite in eighteen to forty nine. But they could have built it up a little bit, like a you know the New Day in action. You don't see this all the time anymore. So I don't they, know. They, I, I would. They have did do something,
1: that. right? Did they? They did because they, they did do a six man on Raw against the Bloodline.
2: Yeah, and then and that turned
1: have... into the Triple Threat.
2: Yeah, they could have they could have done this to set up. You know a WWE title match I, at the pay per view, but I think whatever. in
1: their mind, um, you know they want that title match. To them, it's more important to have it on Raw because they got to trot big things out because they don't want to get embarrassed and losing that demo like you brought out. I think mm. that might be the mentality, and mm. believe it or not, in, in today's marketplace, they might not be wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, optically I they don't want
1: to. Yeah, yeah, because because they because they just don't want to lose to AEW. So yeah. you know they're, they're putting the big matches on TV. Um, you know, it, it's so funny uh, with, with these matches just being added willy-nilly. It made me think of something, Lance, I believe it was Lance Storm said on his podcast, that Raw in canon is basically a show booked on the fly. And like, you know, if it wasn't booked up, there'd be no matches. You know, like if people didn't come out and just make their matches during the show, mm-hmm. there'd be no matches. Yeah. Like you know, contrast that to Dynamite, where they announce the card a week in advance. Like Raw, they go in half the time. You know, there's you know, you're like if you're thinking about it, there's no way these three hours could be filled. They have like three matches announced, and they just sort yeah. of fill the show up as it goes. Yeah. All I know is if I didn't want to wrestle on a pay per view, I wouldn't show up to the pay per view. <laughs> they might book me <laughs> if I was I'm a heel gonna... champion. If I was a heel champion that did not have a scheduled title defense. On the go-home show, no way I'm showing up at the building. <laughs>
2: um, the second match of the show, the SmackDown tag title match, This, I think this was my favorite match of the night. You had uh, the Usos defending against the Street Profits.
0: Justin. I was just going to say, quickly note, uh, at the beginning of this match, Pat McAfee greeting everybody in Spanish and French. I thought it was a nice touch. <laughs> yes.
2: And so... Uh, we had let's see for what i what i really liked about this was the the actual continuity from what happened on smackdown 2 days ago you know so we had Montez ford selling the attack from smackdown so he, if you don't know he faced roman reigns lost had the beat down after the match so he's got his his ribs taped and he he sold that throughout the match ends up playing into the finish a little bit um, but you know i think they sold throughout the match that, hey, maybe the Street Profits will get broken up in the draft. I hope not. You know, we all think Montez Ford has pretty big future ahead of him as a single, if booked properly. Uh, but I don't think that should happen just yet. I think the Street Profits got, you know, some time left. So I hope that doesn't happen. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, Justin, do you like this one?
0: Yeah, it was a good match. Um, wouldn't say it was my match of the night, but I enjoyed it for kind of all the reasons you laid out. Is it made sense and it was building off of a previous story. Yeah. Kyle.
1: Look, we've mentioned this a few times. I know you talked about the new day already, Ryan, but you got Michael Cole up there hyping the draft by saying, you know, the street street profits could be split up, but that's something that like, if you're a fan of the act, you wouldn't want to see. So why would you hype a draft with something that's terrible, like a terrible possibility? It me it me- makes the draft seem like it's this shitty thing that just will ruin your viewing experience. <laughs> we, might, we might do Not something that's really
2: going to piss you off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the draft is shitty. We all know that. Uh, Justin talked about Pat McAfee, uh, you know, making fun of the production gaffe. That was funny. You know, you should acknowledge when you do things like that. Uh, I don't think most announcers would do that. Uh, he also, I liked him comparing Ford wrestling to Tua's injury. We need more mm-hmm. comparisons to real life sports. They used to do that all the time. Say, Oh, you know, Tua, who's the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, he's out three to four weeks, but Ford, he's right back in there. I liked that. Uh, we had a light. I do stress the word light. Uh, we want the smoke chant. Uh, in a running theme of the night, there was a we want tables chant. I, yeah. I know Justin duly noted that on Facebook. Uh, Montez probably doesn't want the tables after that thing on Friday night, though. When <laughs> You see where the table <laughs> fell apart on him yeah. in the Roman mm-hmm. match? That was yeah. bad. Felt like the crowd was not buying The title change early on some really good near falls down the stretch. Ryan, I agree with you. The continuity with the ribs um, was the key to this match. And and yeah, I wound up really liking it a lot. It might've been my favorite match of the night.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they built in little stuff throughout the match. Um, There was a point where the, the Usos lifted up uh, Montez into like a double suplex, dropped him across the top rope. He's holding his, his ribs. That was a cool spot. I like that. Um, I wrote down a ton of notes during this match cause I was really into it. So I've got a lot of the spots. So I'm kind of glancing, which ones I want to mention on air. Um, there was a point where I think it was, was that Montez did the flip to the outside uh-huh. and he got caught and there was the follow away slam or no, that was, uh, that was Angelo Dawkins. I think, where is that in my notes? Yeah. So Jimmy went for a suicide dive to the outside. Dawkins caught him, hits the follow away slam to the outside. Uh, then they went back into the ring. Dawkins hit a superplex, rolls through, twisting neck breaker for a near fall, and Jimmy Uso. That was a cool little sequence there. There was a lot to like during this match. They hit the uh, the top rope blockbuster at one point. Montez hitting that onto the uh, onto Jimmy Uso, who was on Angelo Dawkins' shoulders. Right after that, though, Montez Ford took a shot to the ribs and quickly tagged out. So they were always building that in throughout, and that's not something you always see in WWE these days. So that's that's what I liked about it It was very old school, and that they were actually selling that injury, and you know, not just forgetting about it two days later. So um, towards down da- down the end, the Usos were working over Dawkins on the outside, but they didn't realize that uh, Montez Ford was the legal man. There was a bunch of blind tags throughout this match. Uh, fort hit a flip to the outside to take out both of the usos then he throws jay back in the ring hits a frog splash for a near fall he's selling his ribs big time after that big frog splash uh, jimmy broke up the pinfall dawkins takes super kicks for ford like he sacrificed himself when the usos were going to go for ford with the super kicks he takes him instead pushed um, montez out of the way Ford got a near fall after that. Ford ends up getting super kicked anyway, and the Uso splash from both, you know, the double Uso splash for the finish. So, really fun match. Like, if anything was a must-watch match for me on this show, it was this one. This was my favorite match of the night, easily. Uh, and it was after it's what this a championship that they... match should be. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Like, you know, good champions, good contenders, you know, <clears throat> two best stacks in the division, so...
2: So after this was when they had the backstage segment with Bobby Lashley, he called Biggie a chicken shit, wants his title back, match tomorrow night on Raw. They announced later on that that is indeed going to happen. And uh, then we had a commercial for Crown Jewel. There was a commercial for the draft. Kyle mentioned earlier, there was a lot of commercials on this show. And then, Mr. Ross, we get to Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss. Oh, what Your was thoughts?
1: the, uh, oh no, that was after <laughs> that, Um, the Caleb Braxton, Paul Heyman thing. Yeah. Look, man, there were people in the building that were into this, and God bless them. I was not into this. I thought the video package confirmed that this feud does, in fact, suck ass. I mean, we're doing like this, doll (laughs) shit, man. Look, there's going to be people who are saying, you know what, Kyle? It's not for you. Uh, You know, it's for kids. You know, I have a young daughter, as you guys know, four-year-old daughter. And, you know, people say, well, what if she was into this, Lily? I would look her straight in the face and I'd say, stop embarrassing your family. (laughs) Okay. That's what I would say. Like, people who say that, do they have children? I think because, like, I, you know, as I'm sure you guys do, will sit there at times and watch TV with my daughter. Her shows that she watches are not this bad. I mean, I will take extreme dinosaurs over this bullshit <laughs> fucking eight days a week, man. I mean, dude. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, another one for the list of jobbing in your hometown, Columbus State. Yeah, I with was Alexa say, that's loses. why they were
2: so into it. It was their hometown, yeah.
1: Um, the match was odd in the sense that Alexa kind of checked her gimmickry at the door and wrestled a normal match. Yeah. Which I know some people appreciated, but it also made no sense given the build and what happened after. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, it's almost like a self acknowledgement. Yeah. This character's stupid. And (laughs) if I just did a normal match, you'd like it better, but I'm not going to do a normal match. Uh, Well, I I'll do a normal match. I'll lose clean as a sheet, by the way, uh, which I thought was interesting. And, afterwards charlotte will tear up my doll (laughs) i'll go after her i'll get beat up again which i was howling by the way that charlotte got the best of her after that again and dude like when it was just down to alexa and the ripped up doll in the ring i'm sorry man like I i joked in the facebook group when people say no offense It's usually a telltale sign. Someone's about to get offended pretty badly. Well, no offense. (laughs) If you like this, you're dumb.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Look, man, like the way they have, uh, I'm not going to defend this, but I'll say the way that the storyline has gone with Alexa Bliss, it made sense to do that, especially if they're going to do a character shift, which God, I hope, I hope she just goes back to the old goddess character. (laughs) We'll see. Um, But the thing was, it went on way too long. Like, it went on and on. They did all that in the ring with her, like, crying over the doll. And then she gets on the ramp. And then she's, like, foaming at the mouth and, like, spitting with up. It, Al- and, with like, Alka-Seltzer Alka in her mouth? Did, did yeah. you see
1: the tweet, Justin? I'm assuming. I think it was, no. uh, oh, Chris Zellner, I think, um, retweeted it. With a WWE, everybody, they zoomed on her and her mouth mm-hmm. was open a little bit. And you could see the Alka-Seltzer yeah. in her mouth. Yeah, I, I noticed yeah. that
0: live, That yeah. I couldn't believe they, the camera stayed on when it was that obvious that she had something in her mouth that also wasn't working except for a little dribble down her chin.
2: So Tim Tim is in our chat. He says, Bleacher Report gave Bliss and Flare an A-. Here's what I'll say.
1: Back um, to the bleachers for them.
2: The <laughs> the match was really good. They actually had a really good match. And this kind of reminds you of like, oh, hey, because like we were big fans of Alexa, the old Alexa Bliss character on the show for years. And it kind of reminds you like, yeah, she can work well. She's not the best wrestler in the promotion, but she can have a really good match if given the time. And, and so like, I enjoyed the match and then the aftermath just kind of ruined it for me. But like they did have, if they're grading that based on the match itself and not factoring in what happened after the bell, I could, I could almost see going that high. it shocked me how good of a match they had, actually. It was a well, very good match. But, yeah, the, the aftermath really uh, really ruined that.
1: Well, I'll, I'll say this. If they're grading the match and just disregarding what happened after, that's just a flawed way of looking at professional wrestling, quite frankly. Yeah, I, agree. Um, <laughs> you, I Like, I'm sorry. like I, I just don't understand people like just do this like, well, the match. like That part matters, man. It, it just absolutely matters. This is also one of the matches where the cock... Uh, went to a commercial during an entrance. It was Alexa Bliss's entrance, uh, and I believe it was a Jeff Goldblum commercial.
2: Yeah, I also uh, hate yeah.
1: Charlotte's chuckle. That's in my notes too. Like <laughs> whenever she's like, kind of like trying to sell, she's impressed with her opponent. She's like, like it's just awful. Yeah, it's one of the worst yeah. chuckles I've ever seen.
2: I like this in our chat. Aaron said his wife asked asked me to explain the torn up doll, and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Stephen, uh, checking in. <gasps> Tell he her he she'll, says,
1: you'll give her whatever she wants as long as she doesn't leave you, Aaron.
2: <laughs> Steven felt the ending was stupid and thinking maybe they'll bring back Alexis Five Feet of Fury game. I am I am very much hoping so. Um, we will see. So basically, I guess I could take you through the finish and what happened there. Oh,
1: please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but look, man. This hey, fucking there were... doll
1: winked once in a match and it got ripped up. <laughs> I
2: was waiting for something like that to happen. Um. So Bliss hit... She was going for the Twisted Bliss out of the corner. Charlotte moved. Uh, Charlotte then went for the figure eight. Bliss reversed that into the cradle. That was a cool sequence. And then later on, Charlotte went out and got Lily. There's this distraction. Charlotte follows that up with a kick, throws Alexa into the corner. Then she hit the natural selection for the pinfall. And then, as we mentioned earlier, after the match, this is when Charlotte then attacked Bliss further. She ripped up Lily in the ring. She screamed out, stupid doll, a couple of times. I know Kyle loved that. Bliss came up and attacked from behind. They fought to the outside. Um, Charlotte threw Bliss over the announce table. And then you saw Bliss, like, crawl under the table. I'm guessing that's where she got the Alka-Seltzer tablet. And uh, Charlotte walked off. Bliss is angry. She gets up on the announce table screaming, rips her hair out, one of her extensions, crawls into the ring with the pieces of Lily now that Charlotte had ripped up, begins putting them back together. She's crying and angry. Uh, She's holding the liner of of the, the ripped up doll like a baby and stroking it in the ring. The crowd actually chanted, thank you, Lily. Kyle's cringing at this point.
1: Dude, it's weird, man. These WWE fans are an odd bunch. I mean, there—I—I'll I, I'll admit it. There are people who enjoy this stuff. I am not one of them, but there are people who enjoy this stuff.
2: Yeah. So she she took the L in her hometown. Who could have ever predicted that, Kyle?
1: Oh, for two for Ohio folks, by the way, already on the show, Angelo Dawkins, uh, a Cincinnati native. It's getting nasty in the natty. <laughs>
2: Kyle. Kyle says, "Do you?" He's chatting with us. Do you have my notes open? I saw your next point after this match. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. I can't, I cannot read that on the air. I'm sorry. It's a Patreon bonus.
1: What a great interview with Caleb Braxton! I dare oh. you to read that
2: Caleb Braxton note, Justin says. I will not read that on the air, but we do often uh, post our our show notes on patreon.com so if you want to see that maybe this will go up on patreon maybe not we'll see i
1: had my wife visit a patron
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right um what next now i lost my train of thought entirely so yeah that was not good this is when they had the Heyman. yeah backstage thing with the aforementioned kayla braxton uh he's Heyman's on the phone with somebody she wants to know who it is Heyman's like are you jealous kayla uh, he's. A, it could be another journalist he's on the phone with. could be Brock Lesnar he's on the phone with. They're talking about the draft. And then this led into the next segment being the triple threat U.S. title match. This is Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, and Damian Priest defending the title here. Um,
1: Can I read about I, the build? Like I, I actually yeah, took yeah. the build straight from the Wikipedia.com page. I just want to read this to you. <laughs> At SummerSlam, Damien Priest defeated Sheamus to win the United States Championship. On the August 30 episode of Raw, Priest retained the United States Championship against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in a triple threat match. On the following episode of Raw, Sheamus defeated McIntyre to earn a United States Championship match against Priest at Extreme Rules. On the September 20 episode of Raw, Jeff Hardy defeated Sheamus to earn a spot <laughs> in the United States Championship match at Extreme Rules, <laughs> thus making the match a triple threat match. I do not like this booking. that was not on wikipedia.com that last sentence it should be editorial yes yeah what just bland hideous booking that is
2: I, i gotta say i was not looking forward to this one i mean of all the matches on the card this was probably my least anticipated and you know like on their own i don't mind any of these guys but i just i'm not a huge fan of triple threat matches traditionally and it took me a little while to get into this by the end of it it was they had like a fairly hot last 60 seconds of the match uh but like you go into this and Jeff Hardy hasn't done much of importance on this show in months if not longer and he's like the most over guy still in this match easily like no question about it um Damian Priest comes out he's wearing tights that look like Captain America meets Kiss meets Tiger King interesting tights he was wearing uh but yeah I mean like I I didn't get into it too much in, until the very end of it Justin Joint. What did you make of this match?
0: Kind of same with you. I mean it, honestly the only part I really dug all that much was maybe the last 2 minutes and even that I didn't really care for because you know sheamus hit that pretty sweet looking broke kick uh when uh damien came off the the ropes and mm-hmm. then just like seconds later Priest is fine and rolling up Sheamus like just nothing had happened. Not, Not even selling the bro kick. He was just and it had was such a, a cool spot. It
2: was such a cool spot too, Man. right? Like when you watch, you're like, "Oh, holy shit!" And then like less than sixty seconds later, he's winning the match. It, there was no sell to that at all. But there was some. There was some near falls in that list last sixty seconds that the crowd really bought into. Uh, you know, the the heart of the match was your usual like one guy gets taken out one on one. I mean, Sheamus took out Hardy right at the bell. To make it one-on-one between Seamus and Priest. Uh, Priest hit a cool leg drop to the outside across Hardy at one point. I jotted that down. Uh, There was a mess up where Jeff went for the twist of fate. And he like stumbled backwards and they fell. And then Graves kind of covered for that saying, oh, he was going for the dragon sleeper. Because they were on the ground then. Uh, Hardy stood up. Then he hit the twist of fate. He went for the swanton, but Sheamus pushed him off the top. This is where we got the gift that everyone was sending out afterwards where Sheamus like, was on the top rope imitating Hardy's mannerisms. That was kind of funny. I liked that uh, a lot. <laughs> and then he he did a, a knee drop from the top for a near fall. Um, Hardy later hit the swanton on both guys. They kept calling it the stack swanton. Like I said, some good false finishes down the stretch that got the crowd going. Sheamus hit that kick to Priest as he came off the ropes. That looked brutal. But yeah, he was still able to roll up or uh, Priest was still able to roll up Sheamus from behind like less than 60 seconds later for the finish. So Priest retains.
1: D- didn't like the finish at all because Priest is the guy they're trying to get over here and is the guy who they should be getting over here. It it didn't make him look very badass. It kind of was like he right. stole the pin in a match where he wasn't the most over babyface. So that's not what I would have done there. I, I thought it was a match, just to echo your guys' sentiment. It was a match. It was pretty much a yeah. standard triple threat, no more... No less, Uh, I agreed with you, Ryan, uh, about the Seamus mocking Hardy bit. That was fun. And here's the thing about WWE. This match clearly benefited from the crowd being really into Jeff Hardy. If it wasn't for that, I think this would have been like just absolutely a nothing burger. But, you know, Hardy gets this reaction. Do we think that's going to go anywhere? No. (laughs) No. So, I mean, that's the frustrating thing with WWE. Yeah. I mean, maybe he gets a win tomorrow night on Raw, but I mean, yeah. like you said, they haven't been doing much with them recently.
2: So, all right, this gets us to the semi main. So it's uh, it's Becky Lynch defending the SmackDown title against Bianca Belair, the follow up to that quick victory she got at SummerSlam and then the heel turn after that. And, you know, Becky comes out. She's getting a good response. There's the man signs all over the arena. Some people booed her. She worked hard to get booed, but it was a pretty 50-50 split. I, I thought early on, maybe Bianca was getting cheered a little bit more. And then like by the end, it seemed like Becky was getting cheered a little bit more. And I just kept thinking in my head, once again, it kind of proves to me that the, the heel turn was just such a dumb thing to do. I will not get behind this. I think Becky has done a good job trying to get the character over. I think her, her heel interviews have been pretty good. But nobody wants to boo her, is the problem. And when you look at why they did this, you think of the dynamics of Bianca being the top face on SmackDown, but they got the draft coming up. So they didn't have to do it for that reason. They could shuffle things. And then what happened in the end here with Sasha Banks coming out and she's the heel, it just like further proved to me that there was no reason to turn Becky Lynch. We talk a lot on this show about how this was a promotion starving for baby faces, you know. And. Becky Lynch is one of the top two most over baby faces in the company everyone's dying to see her come back she comes back she looks great in the ring and they turned her I mean nobody wants to boo her and so I I I felt so conflicted watching us they had a good match um overall but I just I still very str- I know some people are coming around on it I still very strongly feel like turning Becky was a bad decision Kyle where are you at with that
1: I don't know. So I don't know how much ESPN you guys have been watching recently, but I haven't I have a- not
2: seen this commercial that you're talking about.
1: Oh, well, they, you you never see the one where she's like in the sports center cafeteria and she like makes her order and they like ask her what her name is. And
2: I don't think I've like seen the, it.
1: it. It's like the name for the car. Co- they're just asking her name to scribble on the coffee and mm-hmm. she's like thinks they don't know who that she is. And she goes, it's kind of cringy. It's like not a good commercial. Like, if I was, like, a non-wrestling fan, I was like, this is one of the big stars. I'd be like, this kind of stinks, this commercial. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Because, it, it, I don't know, it's been on, like, a lot this weekend. Um, and I've watched a lot of football. So, just wanted to mention that. Uh, match was good. I, I think all of the, this and the tag title match were the two best matches on the night, definitely Um pretty weak finish with Sasha. I mean, it, it's big news that Sasha returned, obviously. But, it's kind of emblematic of where they're at. No, mm-hmm. it's not that one. It's not that one? No. Okay. She's like that in a fluffy place. Okay, yeah. Um, it, It's kind of emblematic where they're at, where, you know, they can't beat Bianca again after what they did to her at SummerSlam, but they obviously don't want to beat Becky so soon after returning. So, yeah, Sasha returning, I guess, served both masters, and... Also, I think what they're going to do is get where they originally wanted to be, which was Sasha holding the title. That was the original plan. Uh, we can talk about that here uh, on this podcast right now. Sasha, before um, you know, uh, she was taken off SummerSlam, uh, was going to beat Bianca Belair at that show, mm-hmm. and you know, Vince McMahon made the call to do the thing with Becky. So my guess is. They're gonna be there's gonna be a triple threat probably on SmackDown, and Sasha's gonna wind up getting the title, which is where they were gonna be, int- originally intended to be at. That that's my prediction here. Yes, it's that commercial.
2: I'm, right. sure, I'm th- if you're listening, I'm I'm putting up screenshots on our on our video feed. Yes. Okay, yeah, I have I definitely have not seen that one. Okay, it's- uh, I'll look it up after the show though. Yeah, I I saw some people saying, and I'm gonna ask you for your take here, Justin, on on the heel turn and everything. I saw some people saying. You know that they could have built up Bianca and Becky if they took their time. They, you know it could have been like Hogan and Warrior face versus face, and you know like I'm not saying to that level, but like you know similar dynamic. And I agree. Like I never thought that there was any reason you couldn't have two top faces going into it to a, a big match between the two of them. But where are you at with the Becky Lynch uh, heel turn right now?
0: It feels like a knockoff of uh, Seth Rollins drip thing he's got going on. It feels like the exact same fucking thing. Oh. That's bad. And, that's and, real bad. And I never hear, you know, I I try not to watch a lot of Smackdown or Raw, but and the, the weird thing is is I rarely ever hear anything about her. Becky Lynch that is. And that doesn't seem like a very good thing that she's not doing a lot of interesting stuff
1: out there. Yeah, but she beat um, down Bianca in Bianca's hometown. Oh, because of you. course, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I mean it. Well, it, it's it's just yeah, I I think it's been kind of lame too. Right.
0: At least WWE hasn't like compiled a, a list of <laughs> hometown beatdowns and actually promoted
1: it. That'd be
2: embarrassing. <laughs> oh wait, let's point they out did. how bad we are with this. Yes,
1: yeah, not the greatest. So, somebody thing. find that Bruce Pritchard article. We're a global company. <laughs>
0: But Bruce. it comes down to Vince just needs to be able to, because obviously Becky wanted to be heel. Vince should have just said no later on. You know, you're one of the biggest baby faces we have. We can do it later. Right now it doesn't make any sense, but nope.
1: The problem is with these stars is they see how poorly and weakly they're booked as baby faces. Weak, W-E-A-K. Um, and they don't want to do that. You know, they're given more autonomy, and they're able to come across more badass when they're a heel. It yeah. speaks to the promotion's inability to book badass babyfaces anymore. I mean, Roman Reigns provides kind of the playbook, right? Yeah. He was booked ineptly as a babyface. Now he's a heel. He's looked, booked like a complete badass who wins all of his matches clean, basically. Yeah. So you have that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I could see, you know, Sasha getting that title like I was talking about before. And Becky maybe moves to Raw. Then, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it could happen pretty soon.
2: So Becky moves to Raw and then there was definitely no reason for her to turn yeah. heel because they so, could use that top baby face.
1: Yeah. and Well, here's the thing. Um, What about Bianca in this scenario? That's, you know. To be fair, we can't completely write the epitaph on SummerSlam until we see where Bianca's at a few months from now. Did this whole scenario help her at all? Is she more or less over after yeah. it? Um, I mean, if she gets wins over you know Sasha again and Becky down the line and she's really over and she's positioned as the top female in the company, okay, that's one thing. Or is this going to be a Rhea Ripley Charlotte? Part two. Yeah. I'm a betting the, man. I'm going to probably take the latter.
2: In the end with this finish, it looked like, you know, Bianca had it one. She was going to do the KOD and then outrun Sasha Banks. So basically, Sasha Banks saved Becky Lynch's title. And then afterwards, Becky, like this photo going around. with some pretty good tweets with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Becky was like giving this nervous thumbs up. And then she got attacked by Banks too. So... Sasha saved the title for Becky Lynch here on this night, though.
1: In terms of, you know, a non-finish BS finish, whatever you want to call it, this one was okay because I think the crowd felt like, though they didn't get the clean finish, they got something, Sasha mm-hmm. Banks returning. So yeah. I think that was okay, especially compared to, you know, what they got in the main event. Well, that,
2: That's the thing. What they had planned with the main event, at least they got Sasha because if it would have been a bullshit finish without that, that would have been your two title main yeah. title matches at the end of the show. And with BS finishes wouldn't have been great. So yeah, that got us to Roman and Finn and uh, boy, this crowd wanted tables guys. They really wanted t- tables. Uh, Justin, you know, you're the, the resident Finn Balor mark on the show. We always talk about how he's one of your favorite guys. Um, give us your thoughts on the, on the match. We've talked about the finish. What did you like about the match or dislike about the match itself?
0: Uh, they were having a really good match. You know, I didn't like the gimmicky Kendo stick thing there at the beginning. I thought that mm-hmm. was really cheesy, and I'm kind of over this whole Kendo stick thing in WWE. Unless like you're really gonna pummel somebody, uh, kind of the funny. same thing That's, with chairs. Sorry, it's so
2: funny you mentioned that. Just jumping quick is because uh, our friends over at Wrestle Rumble entered the Wrestle Rumble Rumble contest like we always do, and one of the props for this match was like, what was the first weapon going to be? And I instantly picked kendo stick. <laughs> Got that one.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, no, it just looked dumb. He had just a bunch of them taped all together, and mm-hmm. apparently the the demon on his off days gets a little crafty.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, it was kind of weird how he needed. Multiple, from the corners.
1: You know, he needed multiple kendo sticks to, yeah. you know, yeah. take down Roman, where Roman only needed the one. Yeah, that was I didn't know how to feel about that. But that was kind of like the story of the bill. Wasn't it? Yep. I mean, the video package that aired before the match on the pay-per-view was a lot better than the one they had on Facebook during the week, which I thought made Balor look like such a geek. He tapped out in a brawl. Like, that wasn't even a match. That's a huge no-no. If I'm a booker, you, I would never, ever, ever have a babyface tapping out in a brawl. You just never do that. Ever. Um, then he loses relatively clean in the match uh, that they had on SmackDown. And then he had like this really cheesy promo where his like face was like flashing like the demon. I, I don't know if people can look this up or can find it. It was on Facebook during the week. It was just an awful video package. The one they aired tonight was better. Um, but yeah, I thought that, I, to me, I, I was laughing, man, when you guys were trying to make the case for Balor earlier. I that he was going over tonight. (laughs) and uh, Justin, maybe you'll get mad at this. And uh, maybe Ryan, you too, and maybe Finn Balor fans around the world will get upset about this. To me, when I look at Finn Balor in the WWE and I know Vince McMahon and I know this promotion, Finn Balor's a great place for him would be if the Intercontinental title meant what it used to be. And there's a lot of guys you can say. I agree with that. You, you know, yeah, like agree. late, like yeah. the late '80s Intercontinental title, mm-hmm. um, because Vince just is n- never sees these guys. E- even though you've got two world champions, he just doesn't see them at that level. I think mm-hmm. um, the only reason Finn was ever the Universal Champion was because Roman was suspended, and they kind of rolled the dice with, an, they wanted to call up an NXT guy and give it to him in 2016. My, I would think Roman, if Roman Reigns was not had not been coming off that suspension, I should say, at that time, Finn, there's no way Finn Balor ever holds your Universal title.
0: Yeah, I guess I always come back around to, I mean, I assume all, a lot of that Demon stuff sells a lot of merch for them. A lot of toys. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why that's you can a, get him mm-hmm. in the main event scene. Yeah,
1: yeah, but he's never going over a guy like Roman. It, you, you know, Vince McMahon, Vince, there is n- like, maybe there were some people in the writer's room who were like, okay, no, let's just sell you the scenario, Vince. Maybe we could have Finn do this. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. pal I just, I, I just think, don't.
2: Do you think though, if, if Finn hadn't been injured when he won the universal title, that that would have changed his trajectory at all?
1: Oh, do I you s- think. You, I mean, so that's interesting. Let's go back. Cause what did they do? That was when they did the scenario with, with Kevin H Owens coming out and Kevin Owens. And that's really... Was Finn going to be a sacrificial lamb down the line and lose to Owens? Was that always the plan? I don't know that answer. Somebody have Jericho's book. Did Jericho address that? or I don't know. In one of his books? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it definitely hurt him because i mean he would have
2: it's, it's an ultimate what if you know because yeah. he was positioned to be a main event guy at that point no doubt about it
1: but they put him. they, they it's funny <laughs> despite what i just said they did put him over roman clean uh around that time i do believe
0: mm-hmm. yeah that was to get into the universal uh championship match at Summerslam. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so during this
2: match they had smoke kind of coming from the corners at different points sometimes heavier than others um, they fought to the outside. Roman hits the drive-by, which sent Finn into the ring post. Then, this was great. They fought through the crowd to the kickoff show desk. And I saw Aaron mention this in our chat. Roman put on a mask when they went into the crowd. I like that, too. That was a nice look.
0: And, and I'm sure they will they will push that as a heel move.
2: Yeah, of course they will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just like Daniel Bryan uh, sticking up for the environment with a heel <laughs> character. wwe land so yeah they get out to the kickoff show desk like we mentioned this crowd was chanting for tables it was like columbus ohio has never seen tables before but you know this was the only extreme rules match on the extreme rules pay-per-view so they were starved for tables they wanted to see it by the end of the show and so they fight to the top of the kickoff show desk and eventually what happens is finn hits a cross body off the kickoff show desk to roman through a table that was next to it and again you would have thought they have never seen one of these tables broke before because the <laughs> crowd went absolutely nuts for it. Um, McAfee was screaming at this point, and then the crowd chants, "Holy shit!" I wrote in my notes. Really, it's just like a standard table spot. Justin, you commented on this in the Facebook group, I do believe. He on said, what? Oh, on the yeah. tables. Something I, about uh I, the crowd. I wish
0: I. I wish I loved anything. As much as that Columbus crowd loved tables. Yeah. Because it was the entire show. <laughs> yeah. The entire show, they were chanting for tables.
2: Yeah. They were dying for it at this point. Uh, they fought back to the ring. Roman ends up sending Finn through a table with a Uranagi. That was good. Um, Love that fi- spot. Yep. Finn it was dodged. A vicious Uranagi. Yes. That looked really good. Finn dodged a Superman punch, hits a Pele kick. But then Roman hits the Superman punch moments later. Anyways, there was a two count. Uh, Finn hit the sling blade. Roman hit the spear. Finn kicks out at the very last second with his arm to do like a low blow to Roman. Roman's facial reaction. That was really good. Uh, and that was a
1: callback to SmackDown, their match. And it did not get over, which was odd. The You know, the subtlety uh, mm-hmm. lost on the WWE crowd.
2: <laughs> Finn did hit the coup de grace at this point. And then the Usos come out to make the save. Remember, it's a no DQ match because it's Extreme Rules. There were super kicks on the outside to Finn. Um, They set up a table. Finn fought back. Finn power bombs Jey Uso through the announce table. Turns around into a spear from Roman, which sent him through the barrier by the timekeeper. That same barrier they always break through. And then it was at this point where Finn was laid out that the heartbeat noise started with the red lights and Finn started convulsing on the floor and the theme song started up and he rises. He's resurrected. McAfee's going crazy, <laughs> of course, at this point. The red lights, they scream. The The demon is resurrected. Uh, Finn takes out Roman with chair shots galore. Uh, let's see. Sends Roman through the table with a double drop kick. He's going to win. Still playing. Yep. He climbs to the top rope. We're back in the ring at this point, and you can barely see him because the smoke is so heavy. He's going to hit the coup de grace, and then all of a sudden, boom! Top rope just breaks, <laughs> and at that moment, the lights come on and the theme song shuts off, and everyone's kind of stunned. And uh, yeah, that's—I mean, that's that's the finish. At this point, he turns around. You know, we get the spear and the pinfall, and, and that's it. Finn was grabbing his leg after uh, after the top rope. Broke. No so, music yeah. could
1: no, no music could bring him back after that fall. <laughs> Rockers and
2: Heart Foundation. This yeah, was not. Damn it! Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> the, the only way
1: they can save this dreadful finish to a pay per view is if Finn comes out and SmackDown and demands the match never be shown again. Yes,
2: it's <laughs> like that Saturday night's main event. This will not air ever again.
1: I also appreciate how you called it the coup de grace, unlike Michael Cole, who insists on calling it the coup de grace.
0: Yes, <laughs> he does every wrong every time every time, you know it's if they had just scrapped all the the music and heartbeat and all that bullshit and the lights and the smoke and given us a reason to believe or done something in the match that would make us think that the top turnbuckle could have failed, it would have been fine. I think I mean, not fine. It still would have been kind of corny but it would have been better than what they did. It, all Out they needed nowhere. Yeah. yeah it, they just needed a spot to maybe explain this malfunction.
1: Is it going to be like somebody was, resp- God, I I get very fearful of the direction they could go <laughs> with it. Like it's got to lead to like Finn's next feud, right? Cause going in, like I said, I gave him 0.0% chance of winning. So I'm yeah. thinking, all right, well, what do you do with Finn after he definitely loses tonight? You know, he just came back from NXT, so I mean, is someone going to be responsible for this? Is there? I don't know. I don't know what they're someone gonna do. with magic powers.
2: <laughs> I I was looking for a screenshot of this, but I can't find one at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they how they get out of this, but it was a very very bad finish, as we said at the top.
0: So, so very not- bad. Are are we in agreement? Not near as bad as Hell in a Cell two years ago?
2: Not that bad. But bad. <sighs>
0: Kyle. Oh, Kyle's yeah. thinking about it.
1: No, no, yeah. Hell in a Cell was worse because like it just ruined two characters. This didn't <laughs> yeah. ruin. Like Roman is still Roman and Finn's still Finn. Like I don't think it screwed up. Like that Hell in a Cell killed Rollins dead as a baby face, like permanently. And you know, The Fiend actually had real momentum going into that match and mm-hmm. really lost it. Yeah. By the way, do you remember what the main event of last year's Extreme Rules pay-per-view was? The Swamp, the Wyatt Swamp fight. <laughs> yep. How far we we fallen in a year? Yep. Wyatt and Braun Strowman. Another bad oh. finish with visions of Alexa Bliss dancing in the Lady by the oh, Lake God. or whatever that was. This promotion defend this to me. I dare somebody so in the chat bad. defend this promotion to me. This that was promotion bad,
2: reeks. That Where do they bad. come
1: up with this?
2: <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's uh that's basically it. This is our what is the fourth show we've dropped in the last uh five days or something. We've done a lot of shows recently, guys. If you haven't been tuning in, um, Wednesday night. We did a post-show with AW Dynamite Grand Slam. That is here on the main feed. It's on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, and then on Friday, two shows dropped. Our, this month's Top Rope Nation Classics. It's only available on Patreon. Check out the link in the description. One of the best podcasts we have ever done with our good friend Liam O'Rourke, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, uh, winning author. That's on WWF One Night Only from 1997, 2 hours and 15 minutes. A free preview that is going to drop on the main feed this Friday if you want to hear a little teaser, but the whole show is available right now on Patreon. Friday night, Top Rope Nation Extra. I reviewed AW uh, Rampage Grand Slam with Brian Zillam, fan of the show, over on Spotify Green Room, and that's a podcast extra weekly show we do for patrons, Top Rope Nation Extra. That's available right now, and here we are on Sunday night. We're going to be back with you on Wednesday night this week with another edition of Top Rope Nation Extra. And then, like I said, on the main feed this Friday, it's going to be a teaser of this month's Top Rope Classic show. So that's what's coming up this week. Of course, we appreciate everybody's support. Subscribe on the YouTube channel so you can join us for these live casts in the future if you're listening on the podcast feed and you want to be involved you know, with the live show and everything. and as I said, Patreon is the best way to support the show. We're doing an extra show every single week on there with Top Rope Nation Extra and an extra monthly show with Top Rope Nation Classics. There are now fifty bonus shows available in our My Patreon. God. Yeah. Most podcasts don't even most podcasts don't even last fifty shows on their regular feed. We've got fifty bonus shows available the minute you sign up. On Patreon, so
1: nor should most podcasts last in the episode, <laughs>
2: but we should, and there's great stuff available right now. 22 editions of Top Rope Nation classics and and 28 editions. I knew that would pop
1: Nation just Extra. the joints. I was giddy, <laughs> coming out of my skin with that joke. By the way, you'll like you guys will like this one too. This is kind of a callback to the uh one night only show we did on classic. uh Liam did message me tonight and said. Just so you know, I am awake, and I am not watching Extreme Rules.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't stay up that late over in the UK for this one. No, no, he was up.
1: He was literally up during the show. Not not for this, yes. Not
2: not for the purpose of watching this. I think he
1: was watching some G1 or something. I don't know what he was doing.
2: Well, that one night only show we did it was a lot of fun. It's honestly oh, yeah. like, as a producer, mixing that show, the bonus audio I threw in everything, it's one of my favorite shows we've ever done. It was a really, really fun one. We're, we're red great, hot with the
1: top rope nation classic.
2: Yeah. So we got some good stuff planned for next WWE month too. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to hear it, sign up on Patreon. Uh, our next goal is to hit forty patrons. When we do, I've got an unreleased interview I did with Bobby the Brain Heenan in 2002 that has never been heard i'm going to release it on patreon when we get to 40 patrons help us out check out the patreon page link is here in the podcast description guys that's it that was extreme rules 2021 i'm ready to go to bed i'm gonna mix this put it up on the podcast feed any closing
0: comments wwe stinks
1: (laughs) it's just not a very good i mean i don't i don't know who would be proud of this show not me
2: I'm, I'm proud of the podcast.
1: Oh, I'm very proud of the podcast. I'm talking about Always extreme an rules. What <laughs> <laughs> like Other than the 2012 version, when Lesnar returned, I don't think there's been a single good extreme rules.
2: No. None Top of them jumped out. Definitely me. That, Yeah. Well, hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs>
1: I and, think you should have. Hey, it was entertaining. It, it was fun shitting on it.
2: There was, there was entertain, entertaining points throughout the throughout the show, as we said. The tag match was really good. I really oh. enjoyed the SmackDown tag match. But, yeah, the finish kind of ruined it a little bit. So, with that said, join the Facebook group. The link is here in the podcast description as well. We were chatting with everyone in there. Uh, I think like 100 comments strong or something tonight over, over on Facebook.com. A lot of fun talking with all of you. Thank you for your support as always. We'll be back later this week. Have a good week. Take care.